Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. My focus as the lead pastor here at Scarlet Note will be to create an awareness of the vitality of the church. I want to talk about how important the community of the church is to each other, not only to each other, but also to the world. Could someone say, for the one? Can someone say that? For the one. All right, come on. Let me hear you say that louder. For the one. All right. So that is the subtitle of uh, today's particular message. All month, I'm going to be talking about I love my church, and we're going to get into areas of loving our church. Why is God's church needed? Or some of the questions we're going to ask, we're going to answer. Uh, why is God's church relevant? And what is God's church? And then what is my role in God's church? Notice that I didn't say our church, but I said God's church. The church as a whole belongs to God. God isn't, I'm sorry, the church isn't a man idea. It isn't. It is a, the, the church is a God institution. So the one that has a claim to the church is the one who gave it. God himself, by way of Jesus, birthed the church here on earth. The church is to be a light, a light in the midst of darkness. Did you get that? We don't meet in the church to be light in here. We meet here as light so that when we leave here, we could give light into darkness in a dark world. Are you following me? That was exciting. That, I mean, I, that yes was exciting. That was like an exciting one. That was an exciting one. Are you with me? Are you understanding why we come to church and why we do the community of church? It's so that when we leave here, we are light in the midst of darkness. How many know that there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of darkness in the world? You don't know that? Yeah, there's a lot of it. And, and you know who the answer is? Eh, we're, we're the answer. We're the answer. We're the hope. The Bible calls you, in fact, Jesus called you salt of the earth he called you light of the world so from our inception here as a church we have dealt with a uh, and, and juggled with peaks and lows and valleys of volunteers uh, coming and going and it was especially hard when we didn't have a facility of our own do you know that the reason we're doing this celebration this month is because today marks today marks Literally a year, a year that we walked into this facility to make it into a church today. A year today. Now, when I think about the amount of man and women hours that it would take us for us to assemble the church service Sunday after Sunday, it is exhausting. If you're looking behind me, there's probably a a video that's playing right now, just showing you the amount of 
men hours and women hours. Every Sunday, we did this for three years. For three years, there was a group of volunteers that would show up at whatever hotel we were uh, committing to or we were signing a contract for. And for uh, for a, literally a span of three hours. Yes. We good, guys? That was dramatic, but not what we needed. <laughs> but for space of three, for the span of three hours, we would get together. And, and let me explain to you. We had all of this equipment that you see here. All of this equipment, lighting, speakers, drums, equipment. Some of the musicians were also, uh, we would pack them up. <laughs> and, and we would have this all away, stowed away in a storage facility and every morning we had volunteers, George and Angelo, I know Robert Reese and Anthony and Carlos, and there were guys and on and on that would meet at eight o'clock in the morning, go unload all of this equipment from the storage facility, pack it up into a van. After they would pack it into a van, they would drive it to the hotel that we were uh, committed to, and then they would unpack all of the stuff, take it inside the facility, and they would have to set it up, and they would do this. Every Sunday, they did it for three years. Can we hear for those guys? And many of you have been with us during the inception of this uh, ministry when we started four years ago. And you remember that eight o'clock phone call, calling, and making sure um, that um, we were all there. I, I want to, th I thank Patty and and Paul Edwards, come on, raise your hand where you are. Mr. Paul and Ms. Patty Edwards and these guys, um, and also Patty Linares, uh, Pablo's wife, they were all part of the children's ministry and they would pack their vehicles with chairs and, and candy and snacks and, and, all, and, 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 and other stuff that they would, uh, you know, just to make sure that the kids' ministry was up and operating in these uh, hotel rooms. I am so grateful for these guys, and um, I'm grateful. Some of you were with us in 2018. I think it was 2018 when all of our church equipment was stolen. All of our church equipment was stolen. We were in a hotel, and we were all celebrating our volunteers. We were celebrating our volunteers. High five, and then everybody's excited. We are cheering each other on because we were seeing God move, and we're all having cake in one corner. And I say to George, George, did you move the van? And George is eating his cake. He's going, no, I didn't move the van. And he reaches over to Corey. Corey, did you move the van? And Corey's eating his cake. And no, I didn't move the van. And then he looks over at Angelo. Did you move the van? And Angelo's like, no, I didn't move the van. And we're like, well, if you guys didn't move the van, you are the only people to have the keys. And we're like, oh, no. And then the light went on. And we ran to the church parking lot and our whole uh, equipment, including the van, George, George's, that was George's van in the back. And uh, like I said, George is my, my, my best buddy there. And George, did the church ever paid you back for that van? That, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. It was for the Lord. Thank you. <laughs> but, but listen, that happened to us. It happened on a Friday. And then on Sunday, we went to the hotel. We had a service. No one ever knew that all of our equipment had been taken that Friday. And God provided for that moment. I am grateful for that. 
You can clap for that. In 2020, in the beginning of the pandemic, we were still in the hotel when I received a call in January that this particular facility was going to be available in April if we were interested. Now, I asked that realtor that called me, how did he get my information? And, and he reminded me that a year before, I, uh, they, uh, the, the company knew that this facility was going to be coming up. And um, so they used what's called a... A, just a, a, a hook. It's, it's, it's a bait ad. So they wanted to see how many people would be interested in this property if it came up and when it comes up. And so they put the ad up. I gave my information a year before, and then that was it. They took the ad down. They had called me a year after to say, hey, we still have your information that you put in over a year ago. Are you still interested? Because the building is coming up. The facility came to us. We didn't go towards it. And we saw the facility, George, myself, Becky, and we just knew, we had a feeling that God wanted us in this area. Um, Becky can tell you over and over, as we were traveling back and forth to the hotel, from my house to the hotel, I live in Newcastle, traveling to the Sheraton or to the Hilton for those three years, I would always tell Becky, my heart leaps and my heart, there's a, there's a burning feeling that God wants us in this vicinity, this vicinity. And, uh, and then this facility comes and uh, in April of last year, we signed it. We signed a lease and literally two weeks later, as we signed the lease to this facility, there is the shutdown. Anybody remember the shutdown? You, 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 <laughs> there was a, it, and things got scary. Things got real scary. There were people that once we that we once counted on that no longer were around during that time. And 2020 was a very scary time because we had to do church in an unusual, uh, unorthodox way. So we had to come up with new creative ways to do church. And um, I want to thank all of the guys and the media team that helped us during that year to help keep the church alive online. So I want to say thank you to all of you guys. Now, things along the way got scary last year in 2020. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Lonnie can tell you um, things got very scary. Um, you know, we went from having, and, and I don't have to hide this, but we went from having over 70 financial givers to down to 30. 30, from 70 to 30, how I many know that's a big dip? Yeah, and uh, so we went from 70 to 30 that were sustaining the entire ministry, and now we had just finished signing a three-year le uh, lease on a facility. However, what I can tell you is that we had never wavered. God has always showed up over and over to remind us that the church body, the church model, that the church, the resource all come from above. It doesn't come from 30 or 70 people. God has shown me that he can and often does more with a willing few than he can, than he can do with a begrudging crowd. Let me give you a quick story of God doing more with one than with many. In 2018, 
Remember, we're talking about giving, and I don't want you thinking that this is a message about money. It's not about that. We're talking about giving of our time, giving of our sacrifice, giving of our effort. We're, it's just about giving. I love what Pablo said. He said, I give. It's my service. I give. And so that's what we're talking about. And I remember in 2018, 2019, during a campaign that we had like this called I Love My Church at the hotel, I, I, I was excited because I was so excited to share information with the church. We had raised almost $10,000 at that time. And that's a big, that was a big deal. And I was so excited. I'm celebrating that. After the service, there was a, a guest that was with us, not from our church. And she said, the number you gave is incorrect. It should have been more. And, and I said, no, no. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I think we know what we're doing. We know the number. This is our church. <laughs> Um, you're, you don't belong. You're not from part of this church. The person is going, oh, no, no, it's, it's more. It's more. And I know it's more because I gave. I gave to that effort. And, um, and we, we took that into consideration. Yes, we remember you gave us a gift and all of that's been accounted for. He goes, no, 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 no. I know that I gave a little more than that. And she went on to tell us that she had given us a one-time gift a year prior of some stocks. She had given us some stocks. I don't know anything about stocks. If you know something about stocks, good for you. I don't know anything about stocks. I don't, all right? Uh, I'm a blue-collared worker. That's what I am, all right? So I don't know about that stuff. My son-in-law does. That's why he's, he's rich and he's got a lot of money. <laughs> no, but listen, but, but she went on that we went on to have this conversation and uh, she said, I gave you guys, I don't know what it was, but um, I think it was um, some, some Home Depot, some stuff. Some, I, don't know, some, I don't know if remember what it was, Lonnie, but, um, but I know that Lonnie, Miriam, myself, we had to drive to uh, somewhere in Kennett Square or past that uh, to go to a broker's office because we were going to sell this stock so that, again, we could, we could use that towards what we were doing at the church. Uh, and, and I remember when they sat down, and they gave us the total of what that gift was. I, I forgot how to speak English and Spanish for about one week. I think the total was when we walked out, Lonnie, it was about what, 35 to almost 40,000? God can do more with one, one than what he can do in a begrudging crowd. That one gift was unexpected. It was unsolicited. It came to us for a time as the 2020 shutdown. We were able to purchase new equipment, all the chairs that you're sitting on, few pieces of furniture, building material. We, we got a new church van, not for George. Sorry, George. You could use it. <laughs> but we got a new church van, and, and it helped us feed the gap that was left by those givers that we once had uh, when we were up and flowing uh, in 2018, 2019 to the closure. God did more with one than with a crowd. God is honored when God is feared. When God is given his place in our lives, he gets involved and always subsidizes the things that we think to be impossible. 
Listen, God will always. Look, I got Mitch clapping. Look, when Mitch is clapping, you know that was good. <laughs> God will always do more with one willing heart than with a crowd that's begrudging. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, you must each decide in your heart what you will give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives what? Who gives what? Who gives what? Who gives what? Cheerfully. Are you listening to me, Chris Hooper? Amen. God is always and will always do more with a little that is given from a posture of love and humility than a heart that gives out of guilt, doubt, and suspicion. I love what Pablo said. I love what Pablo shared. And I asked him, share, those, share that because he shared that with me. He, he wanted me to know how grateful he has been and, and, and how God is, has worked in his life and his relationship and his children. I remember when your wife was, was bedridden because she just couldn't have kids and we were praying and we got together and we prayed and um, and then Ava was born, and my goodness, Ava is a, a have you have you seen Ava play a piano, sing? Um, it's incredible. And if that wasn't enough, we continued. Then they had Andre, and Andre, and and Andre is is also. I mean, I can't wait for him to be seven years old so we can retire his father and have him play the drums in the church. But we're we're just so grateful. It's it's and it's not just their story. But there are many stories of people that give their time, their effort, their sacrifice, and they do it for the love of the community, for the love, listen, the people that we sacrifice for each other. However, it's not just there. I want you to hear what Jesus said out of Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. And if you give me 15 minutes, I'm going to try to wrap this thing up. I, I want you to take this story, and I want you to use this story in your day-to-day -day life and how we do life. I'm going to read this out of Mark chapter 8. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So it may look a little different if you have the King James Version or the Message Version and on and on. So this is out of the New Living Translation. Mark chapter 8 verses 1 through 9. About this time, another large crowd had gathered. And the people ran out of food again. What happened to the people? They ran out of food again. Jesus called his. Who did Jesus call? Don't miss that. Catch that with me. He calls his disciples and he told them. Listen to what he said. I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days. And they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way. For some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied. This is the disciples. This is what they said to their supportive, their supportive Jesus. This is what they said. How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Is there more? Give me some more, um, guys. Continued, okay. They said seven loaves. How much, did, how, how much bread did they have? They replied. So Jesus told all the people 
to sit down on the sit down on the ground. He told the people. Then he took the seven loaves. He thanks God for the seven loaves, and then he breaks it into pieces. Breaks it into pieces. The Bible says. Then he gives it to who? He gives it to the disciples. He didn't give it to the people. He gave the broken pieces that he had blessed. He gave it back to the disciples who then distributed the bread to the crowd. Then they found a small, I'm, I'm small, a few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed those fish and he told the disciples to distribute them. They ate, they ate, they ate, they ate. They ate what? As much as they wanted. How many know that that sounds like abundance? How many, how many know that that sounds like a lot? They ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets were left over of food. We find three characters in this story. The first one, Jesus. Say Jesus. The second character that we find here is the disciples. The third, the crowd. So say with me, Jesus, disciples, and crowd. Now, Jesus' compassion was for the people, not the disciples. Let me say that again. Listen carefully. Jesus' compassion was for the people, for the crowd, not for his disciple. All that we do here at Scarlet Note as a church, it's for compassion of the lost, for compassion of the hurting, for compassion of those that are in need of a rescuer, of a savior. We don't do anything here to appease each other. Let me say that again. Everything that we do here, we do it for the one. Can I say that again? We do it for the one. Everything that we do, we do it for the one. As Jesus did, we too are to do. All that we do as his church, his disciples, is to get the Bread of life to the hurting people. Get the bread of life to the people that are lost in darkness. It's not so that we could store up a stockpile. In this story, Jesus is teaching us that the disciples' needs and the needs of the crowd are met differently. If you're, not, if you're not getting this, I want you to get that. Jesus is teaching us then, and he's teaching us now, that the way he meets our needs, it's not the way that the crowd's needs get met. Because we are Jesus' disciples, Jesus will meet our needs, but then the needs of the crowds are met by by. Jesus teaches us, I'm going to take care of you, but I take care of you so that in turn, you can take care of them. 
You know, we're living in a time where many of the average Christians that call themselves blessed, it's, it's blessed to, 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 to stow away. And we have a generation of hoarders. This is for myself and for my family. For myself and for my family. While there's a dark world around us, hurting, it's hungry. And Jesus is teaching us, I'm going to take care of you. But in turn, I want you to take care of them. Jesus didn't look to what the people had. Think about this for a moment. He didn't look to what the people had. He turned to his disciples. He turned to his disciples. And he said, how much bread do you have? Jesus didn't ask his disciples, do you have enough? No. Jesus didn't ask, do you think that seven loaves is enough? No. Jesus already knew that whatever the disciples had wasn't enough. Not having enough didn't catch Jesus by surprise or unprepared. Not having enough or only seven loaves didn't catch Jesus off guard. Jesus didn't freak out. Jesus didn't panic. Jesus didn't throw up his hands in the air and say, I can't do it. We're defeated. He didn't throw in the towel and say, it's too hard. The disciples had the answer to what the crowd needed. See, the disciples are the church, but the church belongs to Jesus. The disciples are the church, but the church belongs to who? Jesus. Now, Jesus' compassion, as I emphasized earlier, for the lost is always subsidized by the obedience of his disciples. Let's look at the math, and I think this was quite interesting. If you're following this story with me, we're almost done. I have two more pages of notes, and then we're wrapped up. If you understand what two pages of notes are, it's about 2,000 words. No. Dr. Gladys knows what I'm talking about. I got two pages of notes, doctor. We're, we're wrapping this up. But I want you to look at the math here. How many disciples? How many disciples did Jesus have? And, and I know that there were an added 70, 72, and then there were 120. But as he is talking, the main characters here, we can assume and surmise that Jesus has how many disciples? How many? How many? You got that number? Okay, where's uh, Pablo? You are a mathematician, so you're good at math. I know you are. I know you are. Don't, don't act like that. I know. So if he has 12 disciples, and of the 12 disciples, seven have a loaf of bread, is that equal distribution between them? No. That means that somebody is holding out here. There's 12 disciples, and only seven of them have a loaf of bread. That means that five of the 12 didn't have a loaf to give or didn't want to give a loaf. Let me say that again. That means that five of the 12 had a loaf of, had a loaf that they either didn't want to give or they just didn't have to give. But not having to give and not wanting to give are two different scenarios. Are you listening? 
I want you to listen carefully to what I'm saying. Already the math that Jesus is working with to meet the people's needs is under budget. Do you think, do you think seven loaves of bread rationally can feed up to 4,000 people? No, that's irrational. It's not logical. Jesus is showing his disciples then, and he wants us to know now that I am not afraid that there are five that can't or there are five that won't. I am more impressed that there are still seven of you that trust me enough with what I'm here to do. Jesus is, seven, is saying, seven of you get it. Seven of you understand the value of what we're doing here on earth. Seven of you get it. And I'm impressed that seven of you see why we gather and the impact of my mission here on earth. You know, Jesus said these words out of Luke chapter 15, verse 7. He said, in the same way, there is more. Somebody say more. There is, come on, say more. There is more. There is what? Joy. There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Listen, celebrations on a Sunday are awesome. This is an amazing thing. But if our meetings, our gatherings, are producing a, 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 an inflow of one lost person, listen, there is no joy in the heavens. This is important for us to understand that. The church hasn't been established here on earth so that we could carry on like there is nobody hurting in the world. Our church is not to carry on on Sundays like there isn't no hurt. Hardship, need, darkness. Somebody say for the one. Somebody say for the one. Somebody say, for the one. 99 righteous is nice, but the mission of Jesus and the purpose on earth was for the one. I came for the one. I came for the one. Everything he did, he was into the next city, into the next town. For what? For the one. Just going after the one. He would cross from one community into another village, into another village, risking his life and risking his staff. For what? For the one. For the one. The Bible says that Jesus takes the seven loaves of bread and he blesses it. Now, Jesus didn't feed the people. The disciples fed the people. Who fed the people? Who fed the people? Who are his disciples? Who are his disciples? If you consider yourself to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus' principles, his teachings, then you are a disciple. Are you getting that? Are giving of our resources, our giving of our time, our giving of our sacrifice, our giving day in and day out is blessed in Jesus' hands. And then when we give Jesus, when we give to Jesus what we're giving, then Jesus grabs that. He blesses what we have given. He gives it back to us. It's now blessed so that then we in turn can give it to the people. Are you getting how that math works? 
Are you understanding his math? Kingdom math is not like this world's math. You know what Jesus didn't do? Do you know what Jesus didn't do? I'm going to tell you. Out of verses 8, 9, and 10, these verses are not up. They're not up, but you could keep reading the story with me in, uh, in Mark. I want to read verses 8, 9, and 10. The Bible says that after they were all down on the ground, and Jesus has blessed the, he blessed the, the bread and he blessed the fish, the Bible says that they ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 people in the crowd that day. How many? And usually when a crowd was counted, they would only count men. This was that time, not this time. But during that time, they would only count the men. And, and so that didn't include the women and the children. So 4,000 people in the crowd that day. And Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. What did he send them home? After they ate. And then listen to this. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and he crosses over. Now, the Bible doesn't give us the details, but based on the character of Jesus that we read over and over, based on his previous and, and, and the character that he has already established in the gospel, I, I, it's very easy for us to surmise. And I like to believe that Jesus gets into the boat, but that he left the surplus of food that was left over for the people, not give it to the disciples. Did you hear me? I want to thank the faithful and the consistent giving of the few, those that continue to sustain and bless the church, the ministry, so that we can continue to do what we do for the one. What is it for? For the one. What is it for? For the one. Last week on Sunday, Angel, I'm sorry, but I'm going to throw you under the bus here, buddy. But last week, we were all having a service here. We had gotten here on time. We had gotten here early. We were setting up stuff. We're going over our, our, our worship songs. We're preparing. We're running around. We're already, uh, there's already sweat all over us. And, and what we're doing, before you even arrive, we're getting things going. Um, there is stuff during the week that we are preparing for the service, for the service. And, and we're, we're, we're just, you know, here is Sunday. Here's the culmination. We're here. We get to the place. And here shows up this one gentleman named Angel. And he shows up to the service. And he had an even RSVP. And, um, and he, he made that known as soon as he walked in through the door. He goes, I didn't RSVP. They were like, all right, you don't look scary. Come in. And, uh, and, and he came in. He sat down at the service. And... We're going on. We're having a service. We're celebrating an amazing wrap-up of Women's Month. Yes, and we're excited that all the women, we were celebrating. It was awesome. And there's a wrap-up. And I, I had done a part. And then I remember that I came up and I did something with my children, with my family. And then when we sat down, I kind of looked over my shoulder. And Angel was gone. <laughs> gone. Disappeared. I'm like, well, was, maybe he was an angel. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I saw his jacket was still in the seat and I was like, oh no, what's going on? And I thought maybe there was something that I said that had offended him. Um, and, uh, so, so I was just concerned, but we moved on, we moved on. And what I come to find out is that God had already started ministering in his life. <laughs> By the time the service finished, I had 
uh, Louis in the back, he was preaching to him in three different languages. <laughs> if it weren't enough, he was giving him Spanish, English, Greek, and everything else. And he was in the back just giving Andrew some love. And then after the service, we got to spend some time. And we got to hear the things that were in this gentleman's heart. And listen, everything that was done during that service wasn't for Paul. It, it, it wasn't for Vaughn. It wasn't for Tito. It wasn't for the Clarks. It, it wasn't over there for the Hernandez family. Listen, everything last Sunday was for that gentleman right there. For the one. It's, it's for the one. It, it's, it's for the one. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.